Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Well, great to see everybody this morning. Those of you who are online, Bo, hi. See you a little bit, buddy. So Becca's not here, but wasn't feeling great yesterday. Need a little bit warm this morning. She's like, oh, I better just keep him home. So she, she stayed home with, with him. So it's fun to say hi. But I do want to say Merry Christmas. Woo! Finally, I can say Merry Christmas. People look at me like, what about Thanksgiving? Like, it's over. They're two great holidays, but they're too close together. Like, can we please separate this? Like, you can't, like Jason said, like, you need time to lose the weight from the one before you gain it back from the second. Otherwise, it just stays. It's just, no, we, we can separate those just a little bit. Can we, can we just vote on that right now and take care of it? Is that how that's done? I don't know, Hallmark just starts holidays. Can we just change them? That sounds good. Sounds good to me. But really glad you guys are here. We're in a series where we've been going through Galatians, just taking a look at what it has to say, kind of going verse by verse, and really seeing what God has to say to us. You know, the Bible is alive, it is practical, and it has a lot to say to us today. It's not just about what Jesus did, it's about what he is doing, and he's speaking to you and me through it. And as we read through this, I'll say Paul, because Paul is the one that wrote Galatians, but it was authored by God. And that's what the Bible is, is God through man, told them to write things down. They did. So God is the author, but different people wrote the Bible. So as we read through this, and, and last week we really got into, we're in, in Galatians chapter 5, and we really got into this thing about being led by the Spirit, about the, what the work of the Spirit is meant to be in our lives. So if you have your Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 5. And what we looked at Last week, we looked at Galatians 5.16, where it says that we are to live by the Spirit. And then we looked at verse 18. It says, but if you're led by the Spirit, then we're to be led by the Spirit. And this is so important because 1 Corinthians says this. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says that the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. This is exclusive. This is how God wants to lead us. He leads us through His Spirit. So we're going to start today, Galatians 5.22, continuing this being led by the Spirit, the, the work of the Spirit and what it's meant to be in our lives. So Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Now when it says fruit, it's wanting this. It's saying, this is the result. This is what happens when you're led by the Spirit. This is the fruit, the result of a Spirit-led life. This is the result of it. Now, we get lied to all the time about results. Like, you got the little, like, uh, the little weight loss pill, like lose 25 pounds in two weeks. There's a theme in that, too, this week. Anyways, so you get the little weight loss pill, and it says you, you can lose weight. And then you, you look at it, and you're like, okay, 25 pounds in, in two weeks, that sounds pretty good. But then you look at the little, like, insert the little fine print, and it's like, results may vary. Uh, best results when accompanied with regular exercise. You're like, well, why do I need the pill if I'm going to do that? Like, like, obviously. And they got this, it, they kind of try to throw you off. But here, there, there's, no, there's no fine print for this. He says, the result of a spirit-led life is this. It's love. It's joy. It's peace 
is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, that's what we're meant to do, let us keep in step with the Spirit, not becoming conceited or provoking and envying each other. We are meant to be led by the Spirit. Now, I am not in any way trying to downplay the importance, the power, or the authority of Scripture. Not, not at all. Psalms 119, it's your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We need the Scripture. But Scripture itself is brought alive by God's Spirit on the inside of us. That, that's what it's there for. And we need to, but know this, God's Spirit is never going to lead you contrary to God's Word. Several years ago, Becca was going through, going through Meyer, and she had the kids. The girls were quite a bit littler because they were all in the cart. And she's going through Meyer, and this gentleman walks up to her and says, um, this might be a little bit strange, but um, I think God told me I'm supposed to marry you. And she just looks at him and goes, well, I think my husband would have some, a problem with that. And he's like, uh. I'm like, yeah, that was weird. I don't know what's going on there, but she, she took off. But let me just tell you what she didn't do. She didn't go like, oh, no, well, what do I do? Am I supposed to leave Samuel? Like, did, did God speak to him and not me? Like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She didn't freak out. She knows what God's word says. And she's like, Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. This was a, I, I made a covenant before God. This was a till death do us part. I'm in this. I'm not going anywhere. She didn't have to have questions. I'm not downplaying in any way the authority of Scripture, but it is brought to life by His Spirit. I do this thing where most every day I read a Proverbs of the day. You know, the 31 days and the most days there are in a month. So you read whatever day of the week it is, the day of the month it is. I'll read that. So today's the 28th, so I read the 28th Proverbs this morning. You know, just kind of get through there and, and, and we read it. I've done that since I was a little, little kid. But yet, when, maybe four or five years ago, when God had begun to really lay on my heart to, to pastor and to start a church, I was kind of questioning and I was like, God, I, I don't think this is a good idea. I'm like, I don't think I'm set up well for this. Like, if this is what you wanted me to do, I could think of some, some other steps you could have done like two years ago, three years ago, one year ago, yesterday, that would have been better. Like, to prepare, like, like, like the path, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's where this is going. I remember that, thinking that, seeing that. And then I'm reading through the Bible, and I read Proverbs 20, 24. And Proverbs 20, 24 says this. It says, the Lord directs your steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? I had read that verse hundreds of times. And it never really meant anything to me. But that day I read it, and I was like, God, I'm not going to worry about it. If you call me to do it, I'll just do it. I'd rather fail trying than fail to try. Like, I'm in. Like, we'll just do this. I'm not going to be like, okay, it should have lined up this way, and it should have been this, and well, what about this, and well, this isn't perfect, and I would have preferred, no, 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 no. That verse, I swear to never, it wasn't even in the Bible before. It wasn't there. 
But it was. But it was brought alive to me when I needed it. When I needed it, it was, it, it, and that's what God's spirit does. It wants to lead us. It really does. Jesus is talking with Peter, and he's asking his disciples. He says, who am I? Who does everybody say that I am? And they're like, well, some people say this, and some people say this. And finally, he says to Peter, who do you say that I am? And in Matthew 16, verse 17, we see Peter says, you are, you are Christ. You are the Son of God. And Jesus looks at him and says this, blessed are you, Simon, Simon Peter, same person, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. It was revealed by God's Spirit. It was revealed by God's Spirit. But we have to tune our ears to hear. We get so used to making decisions based on our senses, right? We're cold, we turn up the temperature. We're hot, we turn it down. Or we get bundled up and we're like, okay, like that's my parents' house. Like my parents, they keep the thermostat about 56 degrees. And that's just, that's just it. And we grew up, and I remember when I was a really little kid, we went to school and they're like, if it's below 58, you have to wear a jacket outside during recess. And I was like, my house isn't that warm. And my teacher was like, yes, it is. You're lying. And I'm like, I am not lying this time. Like, this one, I, I am not lying. And my teacher's like, yes, you are. There's no way your house is that cold. Put your coat on. And so I did. I got my mom and my teacher when mom came to pick up. And I was like, come here. And, and my mom's like, yeah, that is actually what we keep our house. But you can, you can make a decision based on it's cold, it's hot, so you know what to wear. We're going to go over to Grandma and Grandpa's for Thanksgiving. You, like, you bring slippers, wool socks, whatever, or you get over there, you just start the fireplace right away, whatever you need to do. But actually, my dad's getting a little bit older now, and so they've got this uh, uh, gas fireplace, and he just, and you can just turn it on with a flick of a button, and so he'll just turn that thing on and get the one room of the house that he's in, like 75 degrees, and he stays in there. And I'm like, what are you doing, and where were you when I was a kid, freezing my butt off? But anyways, we make decisions based on our senses. We know, well, I like this food. There was the food you liked. There's the food that you didn't like. Some of it you, you stayed away from because you like it on Thanksgiving, and some of it you stayed away from because you like it too much. You're like, no. But we, we make decisions based on those senses. But what we have to learn to do, we have to learn to make decisions based on the Spirit trying to lead us. And He wants to do that. He wants to do it. Ezekiel says this, Ezekiel 12, 1, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, you're living among a rebellious people. They have eyes to see, but they do not see. They have ears to hear, but they do not hear, for they are a rebellious people. He's talking about spiritually seeing and hearing from God. Now, I went blind for a while. Um, I went and I climbed Pike's Peak out in, in Colorado in the middle of the winter, a buddy and I are like, let's go out here and do this. And I was like, all right, I'm in. And he's like, I'm like, I don't know what it takes, but let's just do it. So we just jumped on a train and, and we went to Colorado and it was miserable. Miserable tr train ride, miserable train ride. But we did it. We went out there and I got up to the top and we did it. And I think I have a picture um, taken up at the top. I was by my, he didn't make it. Um, it was fun, but it was, it was bright. It was really bright. I didn't really think about it much at the time. But then 
we, we went down the mountain, and, and we made it to the bottom, and we're like, yay, this is great. We got some food, and I went to bed. I woke up sometime in the night, and when I opened my eyes, I could not see. If I saw anything, like any light at all, it was like 10,000 hot needles being put in my eyes. It burned. So I wake up at some time in the night, and I look over to try to find a clock to see what time it is. And when I see the clock, I just start screaming. I'm like, ah! And I just cover my eyes, and I'm like, oh my, and I would try to, un- I'd try to uncover my eyes, and I couldn't. I could not see. So for like the next day, it was, I could not see anything. It was, and they call it snow blindness. It's where your actual eyes are sunburned. The sun not only from up high, and it reflects off of the snow. And so if you ever see pictures of like old mountaineers, they got these huge glasses on, and they'll, they'll take bear fat and slam it into the sides, what they would do to stop the sun from getting around, and they would do all kinds of things to protect their eyes. Now we have really nice, like, fashionable sunglasses and all kinds of other stuff. Well, there's a reason for it. It's not just like, oh, yay, I want to look good for the picture. You go blind, and it's not fun. I actually have a picture of what I look like on the train ride back. It hurt so bad. My whole face and everybody walking down the train would be like, oh, are you okay? Do you need anything? And you're like, yes, just for you to stop talking to me. That's what I need. That's what I need. But when he says blindness, we can be blind spiritually. And it's not that we don't we, we have eyes they can see. We have ears they can hear. But if we do not choose to listen, to try to listen to the things of God, we can miss it. We really can miss it. So how do we do it? How do we not miss it? How do we be spirit-led, as he's talking about in Galatians? How do we keep in step with the Spirit? Great question. I'm really glad you asked. Here we go. Number one, how do we do that? Number one is this, is we ask. We just, we ask. James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. Revelation says this, Revelation 3, 20, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in with that person and they, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. He's talking about dining. He says, if you hear, if you open the door, he says, I will come in. But we just have to ask. He wants to. He's knocking. Here's the thing. Say, God, there's not a special prayer. There's not a chant. There's nothing like that. You just say, God, I want to hear you. That'll do it. When I went to go meet my now in-laws, they, I don't remember if it was right away or shortly thereafter, if 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 we were already married or not, but they, they knew that I was a pastor, and my father-in-law was like, um, he's like, why don't we have the pastor pray? I always love that when people are like, let's have the pastor pray. And, and so I prayed for the food. And I am serious when it comes to food. Like, when it's time to eat, it's time to eat. So when we pray for food, when I pray for the food, it's typically like this. God, I thank you for the food and friends. Amen. And then we eat. And, and so I, I prayed for the food. And my father-in-law goes, well, wasn't that a little long? And, and, and one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Matthew 6, 7, where it says, And when you pray, do not be like the babbling pagans, for they think they will be heard for their many words. 
But here's why that's a comfort to me. You don't have to have some elegant anything. You just speak to God from your heart. And you say, God, I want to hear you. That's what he wants. He says, I know what you want before you ask. I just want you to ask. Because when you ask, you're inviting him in. You're opening that door. And he wants to come in. He's at the door. He's waiting for the invitation. And the invitation is, we ask him. And he says, I'll come in. And he says, I'll come in and eat with you. That word, that eat with you is dine with you. It's like, we're going to be there. It's like the Thanksgiving. It's the big holiday. It's the meal where we're going to come in. We're going to recline. We're going to be at the table. We're going to be there a while. We're not just going to come in and go. But you don't have to have fancy words to say. You just say, God, I, wanna, I want you to speak to me. I want to be sensitive to your spirit, God. Lead me. And he will. He wants to do that. So number one is ask. Number two is listen. First Kings 19.11. God is speaking to Elijah. The Lord said, go to the mountain and stand in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. So Elijah does. He goes up and he gets up in a mountain. And he waits inside a, a cave in this mountain. And it says, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered rocks before the Lord. I've never, that sounds awesome. If you're in a cave, like reading it, but if, I, if you're there, I think you're scared out of your mind. Like you read that and you're like, oh, great wind that shattered rocks. If I'm there, I'm thinking like, this is going to be a good story. I hope I live to tell it. Like this, this, is, this is what's happening. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elisha heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. When he heard the gentle whisper, I think often we wish that God would just like, when we pray for others, we're like, I wish that God would just reach down and grab him, like, shake him to their senses. But he says, it was a gentle whisper. He leads us and guides us. But it's a gentle whisper. We can miss it. You can miss it. We need to be sensitive to it. We need to know his voice so that we can recognize it. Like a mom that recognizes their baby amongst like 20 others screaming. They hear it. They know it. And they know if it's a good cry, a bad cry, a, I'm a hungry cry, I'm a tired cry, I fell and got hurt cry, or I'm faking cry. They know it all. But we can be like that. Where we choose to know God's voice. And when he speaks, we listen. I think one of the... As I, as I look back, I see a, a very strong theme when God speaks to me. And so often it's when I'm in my tree stand, hunting. Because I sit and I listen. And I get answers to things that I've been asking for, for a long time. And finally I looked and I'm like, I think he... I think it's just the only time I slow down enough to listen. 
Want to know where God really laid on my heart to, to pastor a church? In a tree stand. Over and over. It's in a tree stand. Why? Because I listen when I do that. I don't like to hold still. I like to do things. I like to be going. I like to be busy. I like to be productive. But let me just say this. Some of the most productive time you will ever have is when you just stop and listen to what God is saying. We did adventure races back in college. They're really, really fun. One of the things I loved about it is they give you a map and they don't tell you where to go. You have to find your way to go. You've got a compass. You need to know how to read the map. And it's not like a regular map. It's a topographical map. And so it's got altitude lines on it and longitude. And you've got to find your different spots. And then you have to find your way to the different spots. So the first thing that we would do in this one particular race was you wake up and it's like 4.30 in the morning. And there's packets of maps all out in this field. And so you and your team have to run out, grab your map packet, come back and then get started and then you have to take the coordinates that they gave you, plot where they are on the map, decide the best way to get there and then take off. But the thing is, is you're there with like 50 teams and everybody has the, their, their maps and they're out there. We got our headlamps on and we're sorting out where all to go and what to do. And, and what happens is I'm sitting there still trying to figure out where to go and one team takes off. And the minute the first team takes off, what do you think? Everybody else is like, oh, I'm getting behind. You're like, okay, we got we to get this right. We got to get this right. We got to get this right. But something that one of my teammates said one time, he goes, hey, it doesn't matter how fast we go if we go the wrong direction. Let's get this right and then worry about where we're going to go. Doesn't matter where we go if we're headed the wrong direction. If we slow down and just take time to listen, God wants to speak to you. He's in the gentle whisper. Why? Because he's that close. He's not far away. He's at the door knocking. He doesn't want to make it hard for you to find him. He doesn't want to make it hard. He doesn't want to speak to you in riddles. He wants to speak to you and he wants to lead you. But we need to ask and we need to listen. Daily, take time to listen to what God is doing. Your quiet time, you're like, you know, I listen to the Bible on the way to work or I wake up before the kids and we do this. Incorporate some time if you don't have it that you just, you get someplace quiet and you listen. That you set aside some time. That you say, God, I'm seeking after you. I need some answers for this. I don't know exactly how to handle this. This situation, what should we do more? Should we do less? How can we? What should we be doing here? And then just listen. That's hard for me. That's really hard for me. But man, when you see the fruit of it, it gets easier and easier. Slow down, take some time, and listen. So number one, ask God. Number two, take some time to listen. And then number three, as we're talking about how to keep in step with the Spirit, how to be led by the Spirit, number three is this. Geek out on the things of God. Here's, here's, here's what I mean by that. Geek out on the things of God. What we feed grows. 
doesn't matter what it is, what we feed grows. So you, you start doing something, you go to the pickleball court, and you play once, and you're like, eh, I don't know, right? You play, you're not very good. You feel bad for the team that you're playing with and the team that you're playing against. You're like, they're going to win. Well, here we go. But then you do it again because it was kind of fun, and the people were, that you were there with, it was kind of fun. And watching Brian like, ah! every time he gets it wrong is just priceless. Like, it's so much fun. Those of you that do not know what that is, you need to play pickleball just to watch Brian when he misses something. It's, it's awesome. But you get excited, so you go back again, and then you kind of go back again, and then after a while, what happens? You start to get a little bit better at it, and you enjoy it, and you're like, well, I think I'm going to go, and you show up at random times, not just when there's people that you know, and why? Because you feed it. And because you feed it, it grows. So when I say geek out on the things of God, I mean, just, just, just dive in and watch what happens. Like, one of the things I love doing is I love hunting. Man, that's, 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 that's just like one of, my, one of my favorite things. So opening day, like bow hunting is my favorite. So opening day of bow season, I like find my bow, get it out, go climb in a tree and sit there. No, not a chance, not a chance. It doesn't start opening day. No, 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 no. I actually have a countdown on my phone that tells me how many days until the opening day of deer season. And it's not going right now because it is deer season. But it's like, how many more days do I have to get ready? And when the weather gets nice, I geek out over it. I'm like, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. First thing I'm going to do, like come spring, is I'm going to paper tune my bow. And I got a picture of this because I geek out over it. But here's what a paper tune is. So you shoot your arrow through a piece of paper, and then based on what the cut looks like, you adjust your bow, just fine-tune it really, really right so that it flies straighter, farther, longer. Yeah, I do that every single year. I'm like, yep, I need to do that. And I'm like, okay, I want to do this. And then I'm like, all right, well, you know what I'm going to do is I get my arrows, and I order them, and I already have them, and I get just the bare shafts, and I cut them myself because... For some reason, I still haven't found the bow shop that will cut the right length every time. They come back, I'm like, there's little inconsistencies here. And if I can see the inconsistency, that's too inconsistent. And I can see it. So I geek out over it. I'm like, no, this isn't right. So that's part of why I, buy, I do my own arrows. But the other part is I want to fletch them myself. Because I don't just want straight fletches like those. I want helical fletches. Because the helical fletch actually causes the arrow to spin and it keeps it straighter, longer, and longer distances, like 30, 40, 60, 70 yard shots, you'll be a lot more accurate. It'll really help with your broadhead. If you're hunting, you should take notes. You need to know this, but you want to get a right helical, not a left. A right helical will keep your broadhead on. A left helical will spin it off. Don't get anything more than a three degree. It'll slow down your arrow too much. So you want about a three degree. They sell six degree helical jigs. They're junk. Don't get one, okay? I geek out over this stuff, all right? And I'm like, ooh, and I want this, and I got my release, and it has to release just this exact way. I don't want the hook because it could just be a little bit different. And then I set up my target, and I'm like, I'm going to get way far back, and I do things. And I got this whole big net that goes behind it. Like, if I do go crazy and miss one, then I've got that. But then I get really, 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 really far away for a bow, and I'll shoot 60 and 70 yards. I think I have a picture, so the way in the back, the little green thing, that's the actual target. The kid's target is the front target. So I get way, 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 way back there because if I'm comfortable shooting 70 yards with my bow in practice, then when the deer comes at 20, 30, I'm going to be like, this is easy. I geek 
out over, you're like, way too much information, way too much information. What you feed grows. So here's what I'm saying. Geek out over the things of God. Geek out over the things of God. Have fun. Find some podcasts. When you find a good one, go back and listen to some other ones and just be like, oh, this is so great. And, and you hear a message that you like, just at random, find out who it was and, and go, go to her podcast and see if they have some stuff. Find some books. Get in there and, and, and share it. Oh, man, I was so excited. So in college, I went to Church on the Move. And I loved this, loved the pastor, Willie George. And I listened to everything that he put out for like 20 years. I listened to all of it, read the books. I'd go down and if they did a conference, I'd get down and I'd go do that. I loved it. Well, then he, he retired and he passed his church off to his son and, and he wasn't on the podcast anymore. I'm like, oh my goodness. And so it's been about three years now. And this year I found out that he's doing another podcast, but it's not from the church. It's called Faith Roots, and it's with Willie George, and I found it. I was like, ah! and I'm like, yes, this is awesome, and he does it every single day. He puts one out, and he'd been doing it for like a year and a half, so I went all the way back to the beginning of this, and I'm like, I'm starting from scratch, and so I'm all the way at one, which is the most annoying thing. If you create apps, get me a go to the last one button. It really drives. I have to scroll down. I get to the very bottom, and I start, and I'm like, oh, I'm loving it. I am loving it. It's so much fun. I geek out over the podcast and which ones I have. And then, oh, oh, it's so much fun. And, and then when I meet people, I heard a pastor in one of the podcasts that I listened to say this. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to do it. He goes, when I meet somebody new, he goes, I always pray. And he says, if I'm going into a meeting or if I just meet somebody new, he says, I always pray. I say, God, you, is there anything that you want me to say to them? And God open my ears to anything that you're trying to say to me through them. And I was just like, ooh, why don't I do that? I should really, really do that. So I started doing that every time I remember. I don't do it every single time. And sometimes I'm halfway through a conversation and I'm like, shoot, I forgot to pray. I'm like, God, you know what I forgot? Let's fill it in. Here we go. Okay. But geek out over the things of God. Get, in a, get, get a Bible that you like. There are ver- find, find a version that you like, that you enjoy reading, and mark it up. Maybe you were told, like, you can't do that. It's no good if you don't mark it up. Mark it up. Have some fun in it. You're like, no, I, I, I can't. Yes, you can. You can do it. Get some highlighters. Get in there and say, God, what are you speaking to me? And watch what he does as you seek after him, as you ask him to speak to you. As you listen and as you like geek out, just have some fun, dive in. Because what you feed grows and you watch what happens. The thing, it's just like the pickleball where the first time you didn't like it and it was like, well, it was okay. And there's going to be a little bit of like, yeah, you know, I read and I kind of had fun and the highlighters are kind of there. But if you'll be consistent, if you'll be consistent, if you'll give that time to God, watch the change that will happen. It will be huge. It will be huge. It will happen. Geek out on the things of God. You know, if, if I start going to the gym today, if I go to the gym today, you'll see me tomorrow. If you see me tomorrow, I probably won't look any different. Does that mean it didn't work? What if I go the next day? What if I go this whole week and you see me next Sunday? Will I look any different? Probably not. 
But does that mean it didn't work? Some of you are like, trick question, I have no idea. No, it's not a trick question. It works. But it's going to make a difference little by little by little by little. Now it says line upon line, precept upon precept. And you're going to see it's not going to be an overnight. For most of you, it can be, but it probably won't be an overnight, just, oh my goodness, this is all different. I remember when I went to Bible college. I, I had been a pastor's kid. I'd been in services. I'd sat in hundreds, if not thousands of services, so many services. But I remember I went to Bible college and really began to apply myself and be like, okay, God, I want to learn. I'm here to learn. I want, I, I'm going to learn. And I remember I'm sitting there and this guy's up there preaching and I remember just thinking, I couldn't tell, like, like he, he had these really skinny legs and his pants were a little bit bigger and his pants didn't move when he walked. And it was just really creepy, but I remember watching that and, and this is the part we're actually trying to get to, and he's, he's talking, but as he's talking about it, he says, now Elijah went and it says here, or excuse me, it says here that Abraham rejoiced to see the Lord's day. And he said that. And I was like, oh, wait, I remember riding in the car with my dad, and he was listening to tapes, things that, anyways. So he was listening to these ta audio tapes, and he said, and I remembered, I'm like, the day of the Lord, I, I know what that is, and that's Jesus coming back, and I remember which mountain that, hold on, that's Mariah, and this is what this is. And as I listened more, he would say something and I'd be like, oh, I remember, I think I know exactly what that is because I was in youth group and Scott was preaching and, and this is what had happened over here and I remembered it. And when I finally applied myself, I remember what I felt like in Bible school was that so much of my time in church before that, where I'd been given all these pieces, these bricks, so to speak, that I didn't really know what to do with. There was just a pile of bricks over here. Now I'm in Bible college and I'm applying myself and God's like, watch what I'm going to do now that you're actually trying. I'm going to bring things to your remembrance and you're going to take these bricks and you're going to build a foundation and we're going to build with them. And I was like, oh, I know what that is. And oh, that makes sense here. And, yep. And I've heard that before. And this is here. And, and I don't know where that is, but isn't there a verse that says, and I was like, oh yeah. And I just had all of these pieces to put into place. They were there the whole time. But it didn't produce what it should have in me until I sat down and was like, God, I applied myself. But I'm like, I'm going to hear from you. I'm going to learn. And what was I doing? I was saying, God, I want to hear you. I want your spirit. I want it to guide me. And man, what a difference. What a difference when we tune in and we let God lead us because that is what he wants to do. When we geek out on it, when we set our minds, Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things above, not on things of this earth. Geek out on the things of God. When you meet people and they begin talking, you're like, ooh, you are a mechanic and you like, you want to use your gifts and talents to build the kingdom. 
how could we make that happen? And what could we do if we, we were able to build a garage? And then, and then I, I, I just Google some churches that have done it. And you're like, oh, there's a church over here. And they built a garage. And they've got people in the church that, that have that I just want to like wrench on things and like I don't know what to do but this is my gift and I don't really like it and, and I, don't, I don't know how to do anything with it and yet they went to a church and the church built a garage where they can go and they can fix some single parents' cars and then so they do that sometimes and then they buy an old junker and then they fix it up and then they sell it and then they use the money to do free repairs for cars for people who need it and I'm like oh how cool would that be or you hear somebody else and they're like I've I've got the gift of giving and you're like oh my goodness I get so excited when people I hear that they're like I've got the gift of generosity because you're like you're, you're gonna change the kingdom like what are you gonna help what missionary are you gonna support who's gonna hear God's word because you use your gift and talent like like how, how, how can we connect you with this how can we make this happen how can we make this grow and you meet God wants to lead you. He wants to guide you if you will ask. He wants to show you through his spirit. He really does. And I want you to think of this. 1 Peter 3.20 says this. To those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. That always, I'm, I'm not patient. I'm just not a patient person. And so when I read patience in the Bible, I'm always like, oh, you're just like, like, yeah, I need to be more patient. Yes, I need to be more patient. Like when I have to wait 30 seconds, it's like, oh, but I wanted it now. You know, you're like, like patience is something I really, really work on. But here's what it says. It says that God waited patiently for Noah. Noah was doing what God asked him to do. And God waited patiently. My like, God, are you waiting for me? Here's what I want you to ask yourself. God, have you already told me to do something? Are you leading me to do something that I haven't done? Because yes, we need to ask. And yes, we need to listen. We need to geek out on the things of God. Just, just dive in. But if God's already led you to do something, do it. Is God waiting for you? to do the last thing he told you. The Bible says if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. And if he's already showed you something to do, start there. Start there. If he's led, if he's put on your heart that, man, you just need to plug in and you need to serve at your church, then do it. If he's put on your heart, you need to be a blessing to this family member over here that's been cruel and mean to you and they've never been nice, but this is what I want you to do. And you're like, no, they don't deserve it. That's where you need to start. If he's already told you, you have to forgive and you need to forgive this person, don't matter what they say or do, start right there. If you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. If you ignore him in the small things, you'll ignore him in the big things. But he wants to speak to you. Jeremiah 29, 11, under the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. What he has for us is good. Do you trust him enough to say, God, speak and I'll listen. Anytime we'd go to a friend's house when we were little, my parents were like, they'd tell us this, they're like, okay, you're gonna go over there? That's all right, be in your best behavior. And they're like, no, here's the deal. 
What you're going to do is where they lead you, you will follow. What they feed you, you will swallow. You're going to be good. And we're like, okay. But man, we need to have that attitude when it comes to God. Say, God, where you lead me, I will follow. What you tell me, I'll believe. What you tell me to do, I'll do. I'll be your hands, I'll be your feet, I'll be your voice. He wants to lead you. The answers you're looking for, he wants to give you. Ask, listen, dive into the things of God, dive into the word of God. The number one way that he speaks to us is through his word. And watch what happens when you ask and you listen and how it comes alive and it answers the questions. Verses that you never thought were there, things that you say, this has never been there before, jump out at you as God speaks to you and leads you. And if he's already said something, if there's that thing you're waiting on, and you're like, I think God. Maybe get with your small group leader and say, hey, this is what I think, God, think it is. Talk to your spouse, talk to your group and say, hey, I'm, I, I think this is what God's asking me to do and I've been ignoring it. Or maybe you're like, it, ha- it just hadn't been the time, but I think the time is now. Start now, start with what he has given you. If you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. Because he wants to lead you. He wants to guide you in everything you do. He's interested in you. He loves you. Like a father loves a child. He's your heavenly father. He loves you. He wants the best for you. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads? If you're here today and you don't know where you stand with God, I don't want to close the service and assume that just because you're here, just because you're watching, you know where you stand with God. But you can know. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. Jesus came. He paid it all so you could be free. So you could begin to walk out a relationship with him. So if that's you, then all you need to do is ask. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. You can know today. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. If that's you, I'd love the honor of praying with you right where you are. But what I'm going to ask is I'm going to ask you to be bold and at the count of three to lift your hand high. Say, that's me. I want to give God my all. I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. Maybe this is you giving your heart to him the first time. Maybe this is you coming back saying, I've been doing my own thing, but today I'm coming back and I want to be his again. I've been serving myself, doing my own thing, but today I give my all to him if that's you. Either of those at the count of three, shoot your hand up. Let's go. Really bold. One, two, three. Right now, lift it high. Say, that's me, and today is my day. Awesome. Hands down. Everybody, would you repeat after me? Let's just let's say this prayer with those that lifted their hands. And as you say these words, make them your own. Let's pray. Say, oh God, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'll serve you. Thank you for shedding your blood, for dying on a cross so I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.